It's showtime. Don't say it, please. Don't say it. No, I have to say it, Mitch. Showtime. Showtime. It's showtime, everybody. Showtime. Hello and welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Show, and as always, thank you for listening. It's always nice to have you guys along for the ride when we talk about movies. Today we're not going to actually talk about any one movie review. I know I promised that back in 2019, but to kick off 2020, we are going to start the year by talking about the Oscar nominations. Not every day you get to break down some of the Oscar noms. This will be a shorter episode, don't worry. Just a quick reaction pod for me to get back into the studio, get back into the swing of things, and then also get some news out about the Oscar nominations. So let's begin breaking down all of the Oscar surprises and, of course, Oscar snubs with this morning's Oscar nominations. Good morning, John and I prepared a big opening, like a monologue. It was really good. It was really so funny. Good. Yeah. A lot of good jokes. But we decided that all people really want to hear is who is nominated. Yeah. So let's get started. The nominations were introduced this morning by Issa Rae and John Cho, both of whom are great. I love them both. Love the both of their movies whenever they come out. And that was from earlier this morning. Uh, I watched it on YouTube, but I mean, you can really watch it anywhere. I mean, you don't really have to watch the whole thing. It was like a half an hour announcement show. And really, it's I find it just easier to just read the list afterwards, <laughs> as you might imagine. We're not going to go over every single category just because, I mean... Not, I don't want to be mean, but I don't know how many people really want me want to hear me talk about, you know, let's say achievement in makeup and hairstyling, or you know, uh, production design, or documentary short. Not that they're not important, but often when we talk about the nominations and the snubs and the surprises and so on, it's about the main categories, right? Best picture, best director the four acting categories, the screenplay categories. So we'll, we'll focus on those eight categories, okay? The four acting categories, the two screenplay categories, and the two other ones, Best Picture and Best Director. You know what? Let's say nine. Let's say nine because I want to sneak in a quick thought about uh, Best Animated Feature just because of how I think I think it's a little interesting. We'll get, we'll get to that in a second. Let's start with Best Picture. Now, the nominees for Best Picture are 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 great. They're the best movies of the year by far. I don't think there were any true snubs in terms of Best Picture. I find it interesting, though, because we're at the point now where Best Picture... I, remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple of years ago... I guess it was a longer time ago. I was going to say a couple of years ago, but uh, I guess it would be, like, over a decade ago, I guess, at this point, right? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's there thereabouts is where we're talking here when the Best Picture nominees was expanded back to 10. Because remember, it was 10 for a long time ago, then it was reduced to 5, then it was re-expanded back to 10. So only 9 were only nine were nominated this year. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, those last three, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite, are clearly the favorites. Marriage Story, Little Women, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman, and Ford v. Ferrari are all, at best, dark horses. And I think of those other six, I guess, Marriage Story would be the one that's the most likely to kind of come out of that field. 
it feels like. But at this point in the award season race, I guess, the process, 1917 to me is the favorite. I know people have been saying once upon a time in Hollywood maybe is the favorite. It's definitely the odds on favorite. There's no doubt about that right this second, unless the odds have changed from a couple of hours ago. I haven't checked to be completely honest, but still, it is the odds on favorite once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's latest movie. But at the same time, I think it's the odds on favorite because it has been in theaters. People have seen it. Not many, not as many people, I should say, have seen 1917 to this point only because it has not hit the wide release. And we know that after it won the Golden Globe Best Picture Drama, okay, because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did win Best Picture Comedy Musical. And I wonder, I, I know the Golden Globes are a bit weird. You kind of game the system a little bit because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably had a better shot of winning the comedy musical car- uh, category, pardon me, instead of the drama category. But you know, I think had it gone up against 1917, it feels like it would have lost because Parasite was also likely siphoning votes. The Irishman was likely siphoning votes. Little Women, maybe. Maybe 4B Ferrari. You know, all those are the movies are maybe taking a little bit away from it, so it competed in a different category. But even though not many people, it at least felt like, had seen 1917, it still won both drama at the Golden Globes and Best Director. Now, I know... It's not that's not exactly the be all end all for the Oscars. We know that. But at the same time, it clearly is to me the favorite, despite not being the odds on favorite, if that makes sense. So really, it seems like at at least for now at the Oscars, 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will do battle for Best Picture. Parasite is a dark horse. I know I said that for Marriage Story, but of the main three, it is the dark horse. At the same time. The Best Picture is done, I think it is the only award that is done with a preferential ballot. I know we've been clamoring for that here in Canada in terms of elections and so on, but it is actually done that way with Best Picture. And if that's the case, I feel like a lot of people will put Parasite at least one at worst two. You know what I mean? Parasite has been making lots of waves in the media. Lots of very smart people who are in the know have been saying that Parasite is... Perhaps, maybe not changing the way people look at international films, but it has definitely been a part of something a little different at the Oscars, at the very least for Best Picture. I know no, I know no women were nominated for Best Director, and not, many, not a very diverse group, let's say, of uh, nominees in the acting categories either, and we'll get to that in a second. But at the same time, yeah, I think Parasite has a shot at winning if it can collect enough first-place votes instead of, let's say, one of 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it seems like in some fashion, those three movies will be number one, two, and three. But yeah, generally nice to see that Parasite got multiple nods. For the best director, it's kind of hard to see anyone other than Sam Mendes, Martin Scorsese, or Quentin Tarantino winning the award. But Bong Joon-ho, as you guys probably heard in the episode where I spoke with Rob Wong about Parasite, he made a masterful movie. I would love for him to win. Like, you know how the people always make those lists of who would who do you think will win and who would you like to win? I think Sam Mendes will win, and I hope Bong Joon-ho wins. Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino winning, I guess that's fine. You know, that's fine, I guess. But Sam Mendes, I think, did something really special with 1917. And we'll talk more about 1917 when I actually get to the review of that movie next week. We're not going to talk about it in terms of review-wise review, review wise today, but... Sam Mendes, yeah, masterful job. I, w- I hope he 
or Bong Joon-ho wins, okay? I, that's what I hope, but I'm, I think the needle is more on Mendez's side, especially after he won Best Director. In a relatively surprising move at the Golden Globes, we'll have to see what the other award seasons bring. That's definitely one of the biggest ones, but we'll, we'll see as we go forward. The Oscars are in less than a month, so lots of award seasons to go until we get there, right? So we'll see for sure. Uh, but like I alluded to earlier, the real snub from the, be- the best director category was Greta Gerwig. No directing nod for Little Women. That is not a, a unique take that she has been snubbed. It's pretty crazy that she was snubbed. It, I think I just feel like it's weird that she was nominated for Lady Bird, and that was only again after not only because Lady Bird was great, but again that was in response to a similar thing happening the year prior. And now here we are for Little Women, which I feel like has been acclaimed even more than Lady Bird was, and she wasn't nominated. And here's the thing. She wasn't nominated in place for, essentially, Todd Phillips. Like the other directors, I mentioned Sam Mendes, I mentioned Quentin Tarantino, I mentioned Bong Joon-ho, and I mentioned Martin Scorsese. Those four were almost virtual locks to get nominated, okay? Martin Scorsese for his epic, The Irishman, and then we already talked about how 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite are the three best picture frontrunners right now, in a, in a sense, right? So it would make sense that, for the most part, the directors of those great movies would get nominated for best director as well but todd phillips for joker come on come on man like that's i there were a lot of interesting to good parts of that movie the best of which was walking phoenix and he'll probably win best actor adam driver is a quick dark horse for that but i mean outside of those two guys not really close for anyone else right because walking phoenix was really 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 good as you guys heard me say in the review for joker but todd phillips like the re- the movie outside of walking phoenix was fine right i mean that's it's so it's such a weird such a weird aspect to me like why not him and not greta gerwig right or if you if you really don't want to nominate a woman why not him and not taika waititi who directed jojo rabbit or to go back to another female director if you'd really for some reason dislike greta gerwig what about marielle heller who directed a beautiful day in the neighborhood or Celine Shyama, who directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Or Lulu Wang, who directed The Farewell. That movie was terrific, and The Farewell didn't get nominated for a single Oscar. That is crazy. But I honestly, I think the, the director snub of not just Gerwig, but of any female director in a year where female directors made some of the year's best movies is crazy. And it's crazy even more because Joker is almost kind of about... This this maladjusted white male who, you know, imagines relationships with women and it's feel like I feel like it's implied in Joker that he murders her, for example, right? I don't know. It just it, it just it just kind of smacks. It's very distasteful to me, you know. It, it's I don't really understand why, but anyways, I'm not gonna harp on it. This is now the case, but it is without a doubt. A snub. Here, I wanted to read to you guys a quick uh, excerpt from a Vanity Fair article that Greta Gerwig herself wrote on the Little Women script. And she says here, I think Louisa May Alcott, who is the woman in real life who wrote the actual book Little Women, okay? So she says, I think Louisa May Alcott, whether she knew it or not, made the ordinary lives of girls and women extraordinary by turning her pen to them. I still think we have very much have a hierarchy of stories. I think the top of that hierarchy is male violence, man on man, man on man, Man on woman, I think if you look at the books and films and stories that we consider to be quote-unquote important, that that is a common theme, either explicitly or implicitly. I mean, that's pretty fair. 
Don't you think? I mean, look, look at the movies I just talked about. 1917, war. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood ends in crazy violence, and the original story of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about a woman getting brutally murdered by a man. Parasite, more violence, right? Joker itself, what more needs to be said, right? It just, I think she hits the nail spot on. That was from a couple of days ago, so that was before she ever knew she was going to get snubbed. I mean, it was pretty likely at the point, at this point, but I don't know. It just, it's pretty crazy to me that that's the case because it, I think it also smacks a little wrong to me because Todd Phillips kind of whined about, you know, oh, I can't make a comedy in today's PC culture. Yeah, you can. Plenty of comedies. Like, come on, man. Get out, get over yourself. He's not going to win. And thank God, because that would just be, that would just be emblematic of everything that is wrong with movies today, honestly. But whatever. We'll move past that. Joker also has 11 nominations somehow. It's nominated as many times as Titanic was. That's just crazy. I mean, look, We'll, we'll go through every single one of them because that'll take forever. But best adapted screenplay, what what is it? What is it adapting? Right? Is it is it ripping off Martin Scorsese movies? Is that what the best adapted screenplay means? Like I just I don't really understand that one. I'll be honest. But whatever. We'll move past Joker. Uh, I actually wanted to go back to the farewell. I mentioned Lulu Wang also not getting nominated. Yeah, the farewell didn't get nominated for anything. Aquafina won the Golden Globe for best actress comedy or musical she won the category and she wasn't even nominated i think that's pretty crazy no best supporting actress nod for j-lo is also surprising i guess hustlers itself was pretty unremarkable outside of that one performance but considering the buzz around it all year i'm kind of surprised she didn't get even nominated i kind of wonder if she'll even show up to the oscars now i saw some uh, buzz about that on social media today if she will show up because she didn't get nominated. I think that's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, we, we also know, similarly, the Oscars never really reward horror movies. I mean, if you guys remember Hereditary last year, Tony Collette probably deserved to be nominated, probably deserved to win in that category, frankly. But Lupita Nyong'o from Us, she literally plays two different characters, two different amazingly portrayed characters, and she doesn't get a nod. It's interesting to me the kinds of roles that black women get nominated for versus not nominated for. You know what I mean? Like Cynthia Erivo, who was great in Harriet, was nominated for playing Harriet Tubman. And, you know, we know Harriet Tubman was, you know, she worked about, it was about slave slavery and uh, a disgraceful period in that country's history. And it just seems that the Academy seems to have a quote unquote place for black women to get nominated for, i.e. slaves or the help or whatever, but not for stronger, empowered characters like J-Lo or even just a normal person like Lupita's, well, one character. I guess the other character was not very normal, quote-unquote, right? But at the same time, I just find that interesting. I'm not, I, I, I just think that's an interesting observation because we don't really see a lot of, quote-unquote, regular roles for black women nominated. You know what I mean? And I find that very interesting. Black men too, but men definitely get a bit of a pass over women. Anyways, I don't want to start a whole conversation about that whole thing because we know, I feel like that that definitely caused people to take certain stances one way or another, and you guys clearly know which, way, which stance I take. But at the same time, I just, the Oscars always have a diversity problem. We know that, but it's just a bit of a shame that here we are, right? J-Lo or Aquafina or Lupita Nyong'o, you know, any one of those three should have frankly not knocked Kathy Bates' mom character from 
Richard Jewell out of the running. I mean, she wasn't bad, but she, was she really better than any of those three? Probably not, right? Similarly, in another category, Best Actor, again, we know it's going to be Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe could be Adam Driver. We'll see how the rest of the awards season plays out, but Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, Taron Egerton in Rocket Man, Eddie Murphy in Dolomite Is My Name. Not any of them getting nominated is crazy to me, and they, all, they both brought such nuanced takes to each of their characters, all of whom were so different. I guess, actually, Taron Egerton and Eddie Murphy's characters were similar in a sense because of the showman-type aspect of those of those people those real people but at the same time yeah i don't know kind of a kind of a bummer that none of them none of them got nominated as well nothing for uncut gems at all is crazy again another uh, lead actor weirdo weirdo snub here adam sandler for Ad- uncut, uncut gems he he wouldn't have won but jonathan price over him or defoe egerton murphy it's just silly at this point right i mean we at this point deserve the bad movie that he threatened us with if he did not get a nod. I, I I really hope that happens now. I hope he makes like Grown Ups 3 or something because those movies are terrible and and he gets paid for them. So if he's not going get, to get an Oscar for the best performance of his career, he might as well make some money, right? I don't know. Let's uh let's let's quickly move on to the other acting categories. I kind of kind of I kind of touched on each of them already. Let's look at the uh, actress category. So I mentioned Cynthia Arrivo and Harriet. Uh, Scarlett Johansson got nominated for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Charlize Theron in Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. And, of course, Renee Zellweger, who won the Golden Globe just a couple of weeks ago, is, of course, the early favorite. She's kind of been the favorite all year. But I wonder how much that staying power has because Judy, outside of her performance, I think has been has been noted to be relatively unremarkable, if that makes sense. I guess kind of similar to... To Hustlers and J-Lo, I wonder how much the campaigning going on for her is behind the scenes, right? I mean, she's pretty famous, obviously, probably at this point, just as famous as the other four. But still, I, I, I wonder, Scarlett Johansson, to me, is probably the uh, the dark horse in that category. If we're looking for dark horses in every category, as we should, I think. It's kind of fun to do that. And you know what? At, last year, after Olivia Coleman upset Glenn Close to win the Best Actress Award, you know what? Nothing is certain anymore. Nothing is certain. So here you go. So that's that's kind of where the best actress race stands. Uh, best supporting actress. So I mentioned Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Florence Pugh in Little Women, Margot Robbie in Bombshell, and Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Dern is the favorite. She won a couple of weeks ago at the Golden Globes. Uh, but you know what? I I wouldn't really be too upset with anybody other than Bates winning in this category. And really, even Kathy Bates was fine. It's just I think she probably shouldn't have been nominated in favor of some other women of color. But, and of course, there's a joke in here for both these categories about oh, Scarlett Johansson, woman of color, after that whole controversy, if you guys remember, about her playing, you know, the woman from Ghost in the Shell and how she said she, she, she should be able to play anybody. That aside, I think that's really funny, to be completely honest, because she deserved to get dragged for that, frankly. But, yeah, at the same time... Dern is the favorite, I would say, but yeah, Scarlett Johansson could, in theory, win for Jojo Rabbit, too. She was really good. I feel like she was better in Jojo Rabbit, personally, than she was in Marriage Story. Not often you see double nominations in the same in the same season, awards season, same year, but uh, yeah, she was, uh, she was pretty good, but Dern, I think I would prefer to win of these five women, at the very least. Uh, I still wish Lupita Nyong'o or Aquafina had been nominated for one of these categories. Like, seriously, right? J-Lo as well. Seriously. Come on, people. What are we doing here, right? Uh, let's look over to the actor category. So I mentioned 
uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver. The other three nominees, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Antonio De- Banderas deserved to get nominated for sure. Leo and Jonathan Price gave good performances. I don't know how great they were compared to people like I mentioned, Willem Dafoe, Eddie Murphy, and of course, Adam Sandler, Taron Egerton. Those guys probably, like two of those guys should probably have been in here over Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonathan Price. Again, not because those two were bad, just because those other guys were better. Uh, Actor in a supporting role, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You guys know how much I loved that movie. And I spoke about my love for Marielle Heller. Uh, Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. Bit of a surprise, but still, again, I'm fine with it. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, both for The Irishman. And Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you know what? At this point, give me Brad Pitt for that win or give me death, honestly. Brad Pitt deserves to win. He is so far and away better, I think, than everyone else in that category. That includes Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, both of whom who who turned in really good performances. Tom Hanks, too, frankly. I thought he was great. This is a really great category. Not much I would change. I guess if you wanted to argue one of those other four guys should have been competing in the uh, supporting role instead of the leading role. I mentioned the phone and those other guys. Yeah, I, but still, I don't know. One, one some I actually haven't mentioned at all was Robert De Niro and The Irishman. I don't think he was that remarkable. It was kind of the same, same as Leonardo DiCaprio. I feel like the, 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 the bulk of the heavy lifting from that movie is Brad Pitt, I feel like, and I think he should win. He won the Golden Globe as well. I know I'm mentioning the Golden Globes a lot as much as those awards are silly, but just because... They were the only really real award show that has happened so far. We'll see some more, of course, in the next couple of weeks before the Oscars start. And uh, yeah, another quick one, actually, Achievement in Cinematography. I'm just reading the list in front of me. I was scrolling past it. The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm really impressed that they actually nominated The Lighthouse. Very weird movie. But Roger Deakins for 1917. The movie is very pretty, and I would be shocked if it did not win. But you never know, right? We never know. And I wanted to end things on uh, the best animated feature film of the year because I mentioned that at the beginning. So here are the nominees, okay? I Lost My Body, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Claus, Klaus, Claus? It's, it's like Santa Claus, so just Claus with a K instead of a C. I've screwed that up so many times to literally every single person on the planet, so I really apologize. Uh, so there's The Missing Link as well and then Toy Story 4. Every single one of these movies, I have seen all of them. I Lost My Body definitely is not going to win, unfortunately. Great movie. But the other four, also really interesting. How to Train Your Dragon, probably one of the weaker ones in the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, which is really good. But Claws, I'm going to just go with Claws, okay? I'm sorry. (laughs) Claws, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4, fantastic movies. Frozen 2 wasn't even nominated, which I think is funny. Was nominated for a Best Original Song, though. But still, all three of those movies could win. In theory, right? I mean, I suppose all five of them could win. They're they're all nominees, you know. But you guys know what I mean, right? Realistically, the ones that have the best chances of winning are those three. And I really wonder which will win. I think it seems to be between Missing Link and Toy Story Four. It seems like the Disney juggernaut usually prevails, but you never know, right? Because Toy Story Four was good, great even, but was it as good as the other Toy Stories? Was it necessary? I'm not sure. The answer to those both both those questions are yes, right? And in that sense, missing the missing link, it's just missing link. There's no the in there, okay? Missing link, which is about, as you might imagine, you know, the the Yeti kind of creature of, of lore, of myth, 
who talks, of course, voiced by Zach Galifianakis, who meets an intrepid explorer, Hugh Jackman, who kind of rediscovers some things about himself. Great film. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I, I enjoyed it so very much, and I, I really hope it wins. Not because, like, not because Toy Story 4 was bad, but, I mean, Disney's already won a bazillion Oscars. Who really cares if Toy Story 4 wins? The Missing Link, again, I, I screwed it up again. Missing Link was just so, it was so fresh. It was so new, and I really liked that. So I really hope Missing Link wins. Actually, we do have to. I'm really dumb, and I, I skipped my notes for the two screenplay categories. We'll go over those really quickly. Uh, adapted screenplay. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, The Two Popes, original screenplay, Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. All, I don't want to say all because Joker is included in those 10 movies, but if you take Joker out, nine great movies and Joker, one okay movie. So I don't really, still, don't really know what adapted screenplay means for Joker, I, I admit, but even so, it feels like the steam for The Irishman has fallen off because... You guys heard me talk about Best Picture and how it's been really down between 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And if that's the case, then the Irishman, like, typically they give one of the screenplay awards to whatever one they don't give Best Picture and Best Director to. Not always. Sometimes they get paired with one or the other. But it definitely feels like that one of the screenplay awards is a consolation prize. Okay? So if that's the case, I feel like you can look to... Let's say if 1917 wins Best Picture, I feel like you can look to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Parasite to win original screenplay. Marriage Story also could be a dark horse there. It was very, I think that movie is very screenplay-centric, if that makes sense. Knives Out, I think, was a kind of a nod for this movie, but great that it got nominated because that movie is truly, I think, my favorite, if not my, at worst, my second favorite movie behind Parasite that I've seen all year. So, 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 so good. Fantastic film. Cannot recommend it enough. We'll talk about the review at a later date. But adapted screenplay, again, because theme for The Irishman has fallen off, I kind of wonder if this will be the award it wins, right? Joker's not going to win adapted screenplay. Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and Two Popes all are worthy winners as well. The Two Popes, again, seems to be a lot of nods to that one. But Little Women could also win, maybe as a makeup for Greta Gerwig not getting nominated. Would be completely okay with that. Jojo Rabbit, very smart movie written by Taika Waititi, would be okay with that. The Irishman, those would seem to be the three favorites, right? The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women. Again, I feel like because of the steam for The Irishman has fallen off, it might be that one. But let's just go with Little Women for now because of of what happened with her not getting nominated. Gerwig, of course, right? So that's it for our recap of the Oscar nominations. I'd love to know what you guys think, and if you want to maybe weigh in on some of the other ones we didn't touch on, visual effects, sound editing, sound mixing, short film, whatever, right? Production design, whatever you guys want, or if you want to weigh in on my opinions on the best picture or best director or what have you, yeah, feel free. I love debating with you guys. You guys know that. I am completely down to talk about those kind of things with you guys all the time because I think it's lots of fun because we all love movies. That's why we, 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 I do the podcast. That's why you listen, and we all watch them together, right? So there you go. Next time we come back, maybe we'll have a little follow-up if anything new has come out about the Oscars. But when we come back, we will do more reviews. I kind of touched on some of them uh, in this episode. But until then, you have been listening to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always... Have a great night.